welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. We are live on Facebook, on YouTube and on Twitter. I think hopefully everything is uh, working. So if you are joining us live, it's very nice to have you with us. Um, please say hello. Drop uh, a quick message into the uh, comments. We're also looking for your questions uh, and just kind of general topics that you think we should be chatting about for later on in the show. So if you've got anything on your mind football related of course uh, then please pop it into the comments if you are listening to the podcast as normal then of course hello to you as well right Dom let's get straight into it because last time we sat here doing a live show like this it was an incredibly positive affair and uh, it was yeah wall-to-wall enthusiasm with everything that was going on basically at, at Sheffield Wednesday a um, little bit of a different feeling now after Fair to say, worst performance of the season on 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 Saturday. Talk talk us through it. It was grim, James. That is the only way to sum it up. That yeah, it was without a shadow of a doubt the worst performance of the season. And yeah, they were rattled and never really recovered from the early goal that Plymouth scored. Uh, that came from some shoddy defending first from Jack Hunt and then. Bailey Peacock Farrell making his first error in a Wednesday shirt. So, yeah, it, it was a day to forget. Uh, you know, defensively, Wednesday were all over the place and they were second best in every department. They were out for, outworked, outplayed. The, the, the balance in midfield was all wrong. They, for me, badly missed Dennis Adenaran in there to give them that steal and aggression. And we know that Massimo Luongo is still going to be another few weeks away, the bare minimum. Um, and then, yeah, in attack, I actually thought Lee Gregory was one of the you know, better players on the day and he put himself about and made a nuisance of himself that we've come to expect. But, yeah, honestly, the lack of service into him in the first half um, was pretty... Yeah, embarrassing, I thought. It was it was really disappointing. I don't want to take anything away from Plymouth. I have to say, Plymouth, they've been the best side I've seen so far this season. And they look like a side that I think they could seriously have you know, a good chance of finishing in the top six if they play consistently like that. But we expect an awful lot more from this Wednesday team than what they served up at home park. I, I'm trying to figure out if there is um, kind of anything we can pinpoint as to where it went wrong. Was was it kind of like just tactically not right? Were players having an off day? Um, it, we, we were just never really in that game. There were no excuses for it, as far as I'm concerned, James, either, because they had 10 days to prepare. And Darren Moore had spoken so much about really looking forward to that work on the training ground. But they looked a disjointed team and a team that have been hastily put together and when they've had that 10 days or so to work and Saido Berahino's come in and join the group then I, I think for them to not turn up and there was no one who could come away from Plymouth who could hold their you know head high after that you know there were too many passengers and there were too many players that had off days and when you get that then you get that result and that's what happened. And so, yeah, tactically it was wrong for me. Um, and more spoken about 
the tactical flexibility and changing formations well the personnel especially midfield it, it didn't work and you know i mentioned it in one of the pieces that i wrote in yorkshire live that you know when i was reflecting on it what really i found disappointing or a bit disheartening was that darren moore didn't change it quicker and i have to say there's been a few instances that if you look over the course of his six months in charge at Sheffield Wednesday, where I don't feel as if he's proactive enough, whether that's making substitutions earlier or whether that's changing the shape of the team. And so they allowed it to carry on and then Plymouth got the crucial second. And from that moment on, they, they gave themselves a mountain to climb and they, you know, we saw what happened that Plymouth sat off them more in the second half but and Wednesday created chances they were happy though they were content and it suited them and then they picked them off at the end for the third Dom just chat to me about um, some people saying shades of well not just last season shades of this Sheffield Wednesday team that we kind of hoped that we'd got rid of and, and, and put to bed what, what are your thoughts on that? Well it comes back to, to that horrendous stat that there is of where when Wednesday've gone behind away from home it's been over five years since they won a match um, and they haven't come from behind to win a football match in nearly two years since they beat Brentford at Hillsborough when Stephen Fletcher scored two so that's the mentality change that's got to be addressed by Darren Moore for me. That, that's one of the big challenges that he faces, that he's got to make this team more resilient and harder to be. And then when they do go behind in a match, then they've got to have the character and they've got to you know, have that belief in themselves that they're going to fight back and come back. And right now, he's still, you know, you don't have that confidence in this team. But, you know, you don't want to be too critical as... This is a new look Wednesday side and yeah. it was such a huge rebuild in the summer. And the fact is they've still got 10 points on the board after the first six matches. And we probably would have taken a you know, that sort of return. Um, but yeah, you know, I know we're going to come on to talk about Shrewsbury in depth a little bit later. But it already feels like yeah, it's quite a significant match and it's very early on in the season. But then with the two away games to come at Ipswich and Wigan, then I, you know, I really do feel as if Wednesday, they need to put a marker down and they've got to return to winning ways and put on a good show. I mean, we're still at that stage of the season, aren't we, whereby, you know, a win and suddenly we find ourselves back in the top six or even potentially back in the in the top two because it's still so tight up there. And we talked in our pre-season um, episode just before the season started, we talked about that need for patience. We talked about the threat that comes from expectation. And it did happen in the first few games. That expectation did start to um, to, to kind of creep in a little bit. Um just going to say hello to... Um, to, to Callum, who's um, listening, who's talking about whether or not is promotion a bit too ambitious considering just how new a squad it is. I'm really interested in this. I'm interested in what the level of confidence slash expectation really is out there. So um, if you are watching this live, it'd be brilliant if you could 
pop into the comments and give us perhaps a score out of 10 for how confident you feel that Wednesday will go up this season. Is this a season where promotion is realistic for Sheffield Wednesday? Give it, give us a score out of 10 for what your kind of confidence level is right now. Cause I think it's really interesting to try and gauge that and get a little bit of a, of a, of a barometer. What, what would your thoughts on that be, Dom? Well, yeah. I mean, if you asked me in the second week of July when you know, Wednesday had a skeleton squad, I would have said absolutely no chance. And then we've seen the huge rebuild and overhaul the team and 14 new signings come in. And then it's the calibre of those signings that then give you, you know, that hope and, and belief that, yeah, you know, Wednesday they've got a good chance or they should be thinking that they've got a good chance of bouncing back um, into the championship at the first attempt. Hull managed it last season. I don't think they brought as many players in, but y- you've seen it where over the years that, and, and this league's littered with, isn't it? it? Ipswich, Portsmouth, Sunderland, there's quite a few sides that then have got stuck in this league. So it's not an easy one to get out of, but y- I know that there's 40 matches still left. And I do, I do think that when they click, um, and then when they get some of the key players back who've been missing, uh, and you've got to remember they've only got four players that are out at the moment, James. But three of them, I would say, are going to be key cogs in this team: in Adenarin, Luongo, and Windas. So that's going to make a huge difference. And then Shadipo is probably not up to full match speed yet and so his sharpness will come so yeah effectively you could be looking at four players that I think you know will have a big influence on this team and so I I still think that it's going to be it might be a blip I'm hoping it's a blip that's you know what we've seen in the last two away matches that um, you know the concerns are there they've not scored in either of them and it comes back to what we said, I think, on the last pod, James, that they're not having enough shots on target. They're not creating enough opportunities, clear-cut openings and testing the goalkeeper enough. And so that's what I think we need to see moving forward change. Go and put a score on it out of 10. Out of 10? Oh, what, on how confident I am that Wednesday are going to get promoted. I'm going to say at the moment, cautiously, 7 I think I'm hovering between kind of a six and a seven. I'll, I'll edge towards your end and, and go with seven. Um, it's, it's really interesting actually seeing what people reckon. So obviously this this came from, from Callum's um, comment. So Callum says five out of ten, so relatively unconfident there. Sean reckons six out of ten. We forget about this point. There's so many good teams in this league. In previous years, League One's been a dreadful league, hasn't it? And that this season, there are so many teams who've got a, you know, what on paper looks like a pretty good squad. Some of them not doing that that well, but so many other clubs who've been through this rebuilding thing that that we're going through lots of people reckon seven so graham says seven steve going seven uh hi to andrew who says seven as well and then a little bit of confidence that comes in um davy boy reckons eight ish we'll go with eight that's fine uh kieran also says eight out of ten you said this let's let's treat it as a blip um kieran reckoning the same kind of um 
the same kind of thing. A couple more that have come in as well as I've been chatting. Jay saying five out of ten, uh, and we've got a seven out of ten as well. Need to find a way to address a waveform and break the culture of not being able to come back when behind. You've touched on this, Tom. It's so so important, isn't it? Because it it is. It's that um, it's that link back to teams of previous seasons where we've talked about the mental strength or complete lack of it. And I think there's reason for for us to be confident that, you know, we're turning a corner now, we've got new players in, but we need evidence of it. We need them to do it. We need them to come from behind and win a flipping football match, don't we? Psychologically, it would be huge. You still look at the team, James, and yeah, they've, they've made a lot of signings, but there were players in that, in the squad They've got mental scars from last season and the relegation, and you know a lot of them will be aware. You know they will know the stats, and they will have seen it. And so, and you've, you know you've, you can go through that team, can't you? There's Joe Wildsmith, there's Liam Palmer, Bannon, Iorfa. A lot of that team is has been there for a number of years still, and so they will know that this team, when they've gone behind, that, yeah, they have not had the mental fortitude, the mental strength to fight back and come behind. And if you're going to be successful, whatever level it is, you've got to have that within you. You've got to have that fight and that grit. And, and I think, you know, too often in the past, we've seen that when Wednesday have gone behind, they've crumbled. And I don't think that was the case. You know, I, I've seen some uh, sort of, accusations levelled at the team that they didn't try on Saturday. And I, I don't believe that for one minute. And I don't think it was a case of there was a lack of effort and application. I think that was there. But they did not match the intensity and the tempo that Plymouth played at. And I think you know, that's what was alarming when they'd had the 10 days to get ready for that fixture. And let's not forget as well, James, this is quite a, a sort, of, sort of kind period right now to Wednesday. They're not doing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. They, they, you know, they've got another blank week here to prepare for Shrewsbury. They've then got another blank week to prepare for Ipswich. So we've not even got into Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. And, and you know that you know, congested fixture list, that's all to come. So it should really be working out in Wednesday's favour to bed in and gel together all these new players. But it still, to me, looks like Darren Moore doesn't know his best team and I think there's too much rotation right now. And I know it's a squad game, but you didn't even have Jaden Brown. Wasn't in the squad. You know, wasn't in the actual match day squad on Saturday. And there was no, you know, Florian Camberry either. And that highlights the strength and depth of the squad. But at the same time, Jaden Brown has probably been one of the better yeah. players, I would suggest. He's been the one that surprises the most, hasn't he, I think? And um, you, you kind of feel like he's really forged his way into... I'm not sure if anyone is necessarily a first name on the team sheet, but um, he has been um, yeah, pretty consistent in terms of his performances. Some really interesting comments coming in. Just going to take some of, um, some of these. Um, Liam saying, ever since Carlos left, the hope's been gone after we go 1-0 behind i i can see why you're uh why you're saying that a bit more confidence from um kieran peterborough lost two of their first six games last season they obviously uh went up and then he also mentions blackpool went up in the playoffs had three points after six games i mean you know this point of the season is not enough for us to start drawing any kind of 
conclusions. But let me bring in this um, comment from, um, I'm assuming your name is Mark. Um, what's uh, our thoughts on Darren Moore's tactics and identity? Can't really work out what we're, we're trying to do. There's a key word there, isn't there, in terms of identity? And, and we have bemoaned probably pretty much since we started doing this podcast about Sheffield Wednesday lacking that identity on the pitch, not really sure as to what kind of football we're trying to play, what kind of team we're going to be. And obviously we have paid the price for that quite significantly in now finding ourselves in League One. Darren Moore, it's been understandable for a certain period of time that Darren Moore's had to get to grips and um, you know figure out what players he's got, who he wants to keep. He's brought players in. There is a point where we do need to start seeing that form, though, isn't there? There's a point where we do need to start seeing a little bit in terms of identity and exactly what kind of team this is that Darren Moore's creating. The problem with League One is you don't have huge amounts of time to, to, to kind of pull that together because quite quickly mm. you find yourself out of the running. You do. Um, I think it's clearly way and the style of play that you know Darren Moore is trying to implement, and it is playing out from the back and playing in that four-two-three-one, four-three-three system. That's the way that Wednesday have gone about their business so far this season. Um, but the the problem is that teams know that. That's Darren Moore's philosophy. And so Plymouth counteracted that brilliantly last weekend. And so they pressed high. They got in Wednesday's faces and they hunted in packs and they made life really difficult. And so Wednesday then, for me, they didn't mix their game up enough. And it's difficult as Lee Gregory, for all his strengths, is not going to dominate in the air so you can try the direct approach and to go long but when you're playing you know it looks sometimes in the first half more of a four five one so he was up front on his own a lot and lee gregory is not six foot plus he's not a monster in the air so if you're lumping it long then you're going to give the ball repeatedly back to the opposition and that's what was happening at plymouth uh you know when th- th- they realized that going short wasn't working. And so then when they did try and do, you know, the aerial route and go long a few times again, they were just giving the ball back to Plymouth. So, yeah, um, I, I do think still the identity, that is a, like the team, a, a work in progress, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to bring in um, Nick, his comment saying, it's fine playing out from the back if you've got the players uh, and you do it with purpose. I would say maybe we do have the players. Purpose is the key thing there, isn't it? As, as, as Nick says, no, long, no, no point passing it along the black line for the uh, back line for the for the sake of it. Um, and it comes back to identity in 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 my mind, isn't it? If we're going to play it um, along the back line, then there needs to be the the next stage of that move and the next stage of that move that ultimately turn them into um, into attacks. Um, interesting one from Rory, who thinks we've signed too many players, overloaded on the wings and not learning from when we overloaded the strikers a few years ago. He's worried it might end up with some discontent in the dressing room in the long run. That's an interesting one from Rory, who's watching on um, Facebook. I'm, I'm interested in, so at the moment, I, I would... I, I, I would say that probably the back line pretty much picks itself. That back four, and let's assume it is a back four, kind of pretty much picks itself. There's, there might be a little bit of interchanging, but not a huge amount. But then in terms of in front of that, so, you know, those, those six players in front of the, the back four, 
is is really where the confusion starts to come in and not just for us i think it's there for darren moore i'm not sure he's really sure as to exactly you know what he thinks that 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 best team is or that best starting 11 is um so this is one i want to throw out to people what what are you going to do with those six positions in front of the defense be it three in midfield four in midfield five in midfield however you want to do it um what what do you think that the best combination of midfield and attack is for sheffield wednesday moving forward and um, stick something in the comments um and we'll come back to that a little bit later on um in the meantime um dom you you want to talk a little bit about um i'm going to Try and do this some kind of dramatic jingle. Lone Watch. Lone Watch, love it. Well, they're doing pretty good, the guys out at the moment. Yeah, I think Cameron Dawson was voted player of the month for Exeter. Uh, now Alex Hunt um, scored his first professional goal, last minute winner at Grimsby a week ago. And then we've now seen a, in the last seven to ten days, Liam Waldock and... Charles Hagen go out uh, to get some experience uh, at a non-league level. And yeah, I've written about this um, in the last few days that I think it's another sign that uh, of a football club that are learning and, and running more efficiently than what they were. That I think we haven't seen enough of the youngsters going out on loan in recent years. But now it does seem to be changing and that you know, Darren Moore wants the better under-23s players to be going out and playing men's football and not to be playing at under-23s level. And, you know, he feels as if Liam Waldock and Hagen and one or two others have outgrown that. You've still got Josh Derudu and maybe Kieran Brennan as another couple of players there that I wonder if they may go out on loan um, as as well. I mean, the thing is that Kieran Brennan played so well against Newcastle United's under-21s yep. in the Papa John's Trophy. So they may still look at that and think, well, Kieran Brennan's going to play in the Papa John's Trophy. So when Mansfield comes up in a few weeks' time and, and then there's Harrogate, so they may look at that and think that's where you get him and FDB, you know, playing some of the games. Um, but yeah, no, I think all, all in all, though, pretty encouraging, isn't it? That uh, you know yeah. you've got players that are going out and they're getting games regularly, and that will do their confidence a world of good, and they should come back to Wednesday as improved players. Darren Moore as well as, as spoke, hasn't he, about um, how important he thinks it is and how pleased he is to see some of the players who've gone out on loan doing well you're talking about Alex Hunt scoring uh, a last minute wonder goal to be fair to win um, an incredible 4-3 game and then um, I think he uh, had an assist as well was it last night or the night before um, so that's all really really kind of positive um, positive stuff so that is um, that is good to see uh, right let's talk about games that we've got coming up then because um, it, it doesn't really get any easier does it um, so Shrewsbury coming up at home on Saturday and then a couple of uh, away games after that Ipswich are week on Saturday and Wigan um, away after that um, uh, let's talk about Shrewsbury first of all who uh, one of those kind of odd teams they've sort of hovered around you know potentially making a little bit of a um, you know a, a push to 
be potential promotion candidates a couple of times and then they've also had some some really bad seasons I think we remember them for cup runs and uh, beating teams in leagues above and maybe that's something we'll not talk about because we all know who one of those teams was um but um I think uh, I mean it, it it isn't going to be an easy game, but it really is one of those, we've, we've said before, haven't we, in this league particularly, winning home games just has to be a given. We've got to find a way of, 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 of winning it. There's huge pressure on Wednesday. You know, Shrewsbury have lost all three of their away matches so far this season. They're fourth from bottom. They have four points on the board. So we all know what's going to happen now, don't we? <laughs> um I've set it up perfectly for Wednesday, third defeat on the bounce. Doesn't even bear thinking about it. And I've got, you know, the bookies will have this as a home banker. Everyone will look at this and will be tipping Wednesday to win and win well. And with the players that they have, they should be doing. But, you know, Shrewsbury under Steve Cotterell, that they will come and they'll be like, Loads of other teams in the league, they will raise their level, I'm sure, when you're know, playing at Hillsborough and they will enjoy playing at Hillsborough. Um, and Wednesday, they've made a good start at home so far, and you know, they haven't conceded a goal yet at Hillsborough, so that should give them a lot of heart. They can't, though, be complacent and they can't take Shrewsbury for granted. You know, I, that goes without saying, you know, they've got. Sam Cosgrove up front, who's a player that they know well and that they were interested in signing in the last couple of windows. And then they've got, if you look across their team, they've actually got players who have played at a higher level and they've got some decent pedigree. So, yeah, like it's not going to be an easy one for you know Wednesday. And, and you know everyone will be looking at it and turning up to Hillsborough, expecting Wednesday to win and win convincingly. And that's what we would love to see. It might not work out that way. And similar to perhaps Donny at home, Wednesday might have to be patient and mm. it could be a bit of a slog. And so people have to be prepared for that. And that they've put a lot of bodies, I would have thought, behind the ball and make things really tough for Wednesday. And so patience, I think, is going to be very important. Very, very different prospect then of um, away games at Ipswich and at Wigan. Both teams who have very recently been in the um, championship and will clearly have aspirations for promotion this season. We're not going to start talking about six-pointers at this stage of the season, but they are big, big games. Um, Ipswich have not really had the start that they expected. I mean, if there is an Ipswich version of Singing the Blues, I'd imagine it will be um, it will be kind of dire straits at, at the moment because they've had the sort of starts the season that maybe we just slightly feared might be a possibility for Wednesday in terms of things just not quite going. Right. I understand that um, it, it kind of feels like, um, in terms of what their fans have been saying, that it's kind of close. It feels like things are quite close to slotting into place and that it will come good for Ipswich. And, and there is some confidence um, there. Um, so I'm not sure if this is a good or a bad time to be going there. But they're on a really lousy run. We've got to try and take something from that game. And then hot on the heels of that, Wigan, which is such a hard place to, to, to go. And, you know, last time Wednesday were away at, at Wigan was, I think, one of the worst um, performances of, of, of recent time that any of us can can remember and was, was just everything that was wrong with that um, Sheffield Wednesday squad. So, again, they're going to be games on Wednesday. We've got to dig deep and we've got to start seeing some of this identity and character that we need to see. 
Yeah, we do. And, you know, Ipswich, they've signed more players than Wednesday, 19. And so when you're talking about gelling and trying to build partnerships across a team and that understanding, uh, yeah, it will take Ipswich, you would have thought, longer than it would Wednesday. Uh, And, yeah, they've had a horrendous start and they got battered by Bolton last weekend, 5-2 on their own patch. So, yeah, they have that. Um, you know, fresh in their memory banks when uh, you know they play Wednesday week on Saturday, and yeah, the, those two away games. You know, you'd have said before the start of the season that you know those are two of the teams that you are well fancied and are expected to be up and in and around that top six. So they're going to be huge tests for Wednesday, and there is that big question mark, isn't there, James, over the away form? You know, so lousy last season and we've already discussed and talked about that inability to come from behind um, that still needs to be rectified. But yeah, you know, away from home, when they go behind, it's right now you're looking at it's still goals. Is there enough in this team? And so this is where it comes back to the balance of the side and can Darren Moore get that cohesion? First of all, I'd like to see him play two up front at home to Shrewsbury that you know they've got to be going for that you know I think they've got to be positive and on the front foot for all home matches they should be backing themselves to be thinking you know what we shouldn't be we should be losing maximum at Hillsborough three games this season Wednesday should be making Hillsborough an absolute fortress and then away from home that's it it's about then grinding out results uh, and trying to get into sort of the double figure mark wins that you maybe might need um, if you're going to finish in the top two and uh, you, you need, what is it, two points minimum per match. That, yeah. on average, gets you the automatic promotion form. So, yeah, when when's they've got a little bit of catching up to do on that right now. Um, but, yeah, I, f- I still feel like there's plenty of positives um, for us to take that, you know, Wednesday... Have still made a decent start to the season, so it's not all doom and gloom. I think there'll be a, a few more Wednesday fans who'll get a little bit twitchy if they don't win on Saturday, though. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, let's have a look at some um, some comments that we've um, had while we've been doing the show. Um, Steve says that we've really looked how he thought we would do in the first few games, like a new team that hasn't quite clicked yet, and I think that's very, very true. Um, Steve also saying, do we change to um, two up front? Gregory needs someone with him, Canberra mentions, or Berahino. Um, uh, early for, uh, a bit too early for big changes, but definitely worth consideration um let's have a look at um some of the suggestions in terms of what we should do in front of that back four and um, graham hasn't gone into any depth but he just thinks that we should be playing 442 uh, i suspect there's quite a few um like that markham saying couldn't pick our best 11 um, and he feels sorry for darren moore in that respect he is the manager though he's got to be able to you know these are the decisions that he's he's got to make the players that we we've lauded him for bringing in so he's now got to find a way of actually um you know, playing them all and, and, and figuring out what the right one is to win games. Um, this is John saying 4-3-3, three, three, um, and he's going, let's have a look who we've got here. Uh, we've got Brown Wing, Barry Bannon, Adenarin, Shadipo, uh, Berahino, and Corbino is uh, who he's going for. Um, Sean also going with a 4-3-3 three, three, with Adenarin, Bannon, Wing, or Byers, uh, and then Gregory 
Windass when he's fit again and Corbin out. So um, that's what he's going for. Uh, quickly from uh, Liam, going Bannon, Shadipo, Luongo when healthy, Wing, Berahino, Windass. There's no real consistency here. I mean, I think Bannon maybe is the only player that actually everyone has um, said. Um, Serge over in Sweden going for a different thing, um, saying, why should we be patient? Just attack and overwhelm them. I'm not sure that that is actually how you win football games, Serge. I think that might be it, it how you lose. It doesn't quite work like that, does it? I think that's how yeah. you lose football games on um, counter-attacks, but, um, you know, interesting <laughs> stuff. Just going James, back to... Sorry, uh, I was going to say, what would you like to see them do at the weekend? I, I trust Darren Moore, and that's a cop-out answer, isn't it? He's seeing what's happening on the on the training pitch and he is learning all the time. So I, I trust what he wants to do. Um, I, I think I, I'm not sure there's any point bringing in you know a high profile risky signing like Berahino and not giving him a crack at making that position his own. So whether Berahino and Gregory can work together as a front two, that would be interesting to to see. I don't know if I, I may well be in a minority on um, that. But I, I I don't see any logic in 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 bringing in a player that no one particularly thought that we needed and who does certainly come with um, a risk and I imagine from a wages point of view is not going to be cheap for him not to um, then give him a real crack at scoring goals in a league that he should be ripping up. So that's the one thing that I want to see happen now is if we're gonna if we're gonna sign Berahino, play him. Yeah, do you know what um, we hadn't really touched on Berahino's debut and so he came on earlier than Darren Moore wanted to put him on in the pitch he was trying to change things around and yeah you know you, you look at his sort of touch map um, and he looked a, yeah he looked a rusty player he still could have scored you know he tested the goalkeeper um, with a left foot shot and uh, you know there, there were signs there of he could be a player you know he, he was used in the number 10 position so he was actually playing just you know, behind Lee Gregory. And so that might be in a 4-4-2 how it could work. You know, if you're going to talk about physicality, and that was one of the areas that, you know, I came away from Plymouth and was concerned that I thought Wednesday were bullied, especially in midfield, uh, without Adenaran and Luongo there, um, that, you know, would they give you the physical presence up there, Berahino and Gregory's a partnership. But I'm actually like you, I'd like to see them go with that. Um, you know, I, I think that Berahino is a clever footballer and will pick up pockets of space and get into good positions to make things happen uh, for either himself, his teammates, Gregory. So, I, yeah, I would like to see him play and then go with two wingers. Get Shadipo on the left, Corbinu on the right. Hopefully, Denneran's fit. Denneran with Bannon in a 4 4 2 for me. Uh, it's got a bit of everything that I, I, you know, I think that is a really attack-minded team, and a team that's got goals in them. I, I, you know, I think that's exciting. I think that's what Wednesday fans want as well. So you know, Lewis Wing and George Byers, they will have their minutes and they will have their game time this season. But I do look at Shrewsbury and think they're there for the taking. And so let's be positive. Let's play on the front foot. Go from it from the start. And if Wednesday should be looking to start how Plymouth did last week, get an early goal and then Shrewsbury's game plan will completely change. Just going to very quickly take a question here from um, Liam that you might be able to shed some light on, uh, Dom, who says he's seen that Josh Windass is back in training now. Um, is he ahead of schedule? Any news on when Josh Windass might be coming back into contention? 
You're still looking at next month for Josh Windass and Massimo Luongo. Josh Windass is doing some light training. You know, he'd be in the gym mainly. Uh, so I, I still don't think that we're going to see Josh Windass until maybe after the next international break. So you, you're looking at, I think it would be AFC Wimbledon mid-October. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he could be back for then. That's if everything goes according to plan and he carries on progressing like he is doing. Uh, and then, yeah, the same, I think, with Luongo. I think timescale-wise, that's probably what you're looking at for them both. It'll be next month. And just one other subject area as well, which I think is worth us um, covering. So Jay, who is watching on Facebook, saying we need a major leader um, and a striker. Um, And also Steve, who uh, brings up a similar kind of subject in terms of needing a Samida or New You type character when we go behind, who lifts the team, makes them believe they'll turn it round. Have we got anyone like that now? Have you seen anything in the new players that have come in to think that any of them are natural leaders because this has been an issue for years hasn't it about lack of leadership and it was players who should have leadership certainly in terms of their cv and having been around football and you know knowing it um uh, ultimately not really stepping up when we needed someone to i i don't want us to see us kind of go back down this as being a problem this season um that that strength and all the stuff that we talked about earlier having leaders is so important for that it is. Uh, I think it's it's too early to gauge really whether the 14 new signings, who are the standout characters, leaders on the pitch, when a lot of them, they haven't actually played two or three games on the bounce either. So again, it, it's hard to, I'd say at the moment, formulate an opinion. And that's not a cop-out for me. It's just that there has been a lot of rotation and Darren Moore did say that that would be the case. You still look at the spine of the team and it's players who've been there and done it or who've been here a while in Hutchinson and Iortha and Bannon. Windass is a big character, so he come back in. So, you, you know, that is the spine of the side. And so they've been there in the last few years. And I think, you know, if, if Wednesday fans will look at that and think, well, are they are they the really the ones that are the leaders and that will take you know the the bull by the horns? You've got Shay Dunkley too. Now I think Shay Dunkley's one of those who's a real vocal presence too, but he's not had that much game time either so mm-hmm. far. Um, so no, the jury I think is still out. Really, I agree with uh, you know the point that was made on do Wednesday have enough leadership in the team? But uh, you know right now that's what we're questioning and that's what what's going to happen when you lose like they did at, at Plymouth, that we're going to be going, well, have they got enough leaders in the team? Is the balance of the side right, etc.? We're very nearly out of time. Just very briefly, a question that John's just asked um, here now, which is um, whether or not is is January is the January transfer window? It feels like it's ages away, but it's only around the corner, isn't it? Is is that likely to be any different in terms of seeing Wednesday actually paying fees and spending money for players? My understanding is that it's unlikely that Wednesday are going to be in a position to pay fees for players come January unless things change between now and then. And they could do. But, yeah, the restrictions that Wednesday worked on over the summer, I'm expecting to be exactly the same for the next transfer window. 
you know that that's from the information that I've gathered and, and what I've been told. You know that's really I think what Wednesday expect to be working with that it will be loans and free transfers, and that is difficult on the loan front when you've already got six players. Um, and so I, I think really the bulk of the squad's here for the season, and Darren Moore, this is his team. He's got to get the best out of this team. You know, that's the job now. That's the challenge ahead. Uh, you know, that he wanted these players to come in and he wanted these selection headaches as well. You know, that point that was made by, you know, a fan before of you know, too many players or whatever. Well, Darren Moore wanted this squad and to have two players competing per position. You know, right? so, you know, he got what he wanted and, and now it's finding a way to deliver. Yeah, cool. Absolutely. Thank you, Dom. Um, so I um, want to give a quick mention here to our competition winner. You know, we did a competition to give away one of the new Wednesday shirts. Uh, big well done to Neil Holden, who was our winner. Neil um, picked the very fetching pink away shirt. Um, I do, I'm, I've been trying to get hold of one for myself, but then got it in my size, but uh, did have Neil's in. So he is now the proud owner of that. So well done to Neil. Thank you. If you've got involved with the live show this week, um, we are looking at doing this again in a couple of weeks. And actually we're looking at doing like a tea time one, very early evening time. Um, going to be interesting to see how many people get involved with that. So keep an eye out on our social media. Once we've got a time comp, confirmed then we will uh, we'll let you know about that and it'll be uh, brilliant to get you involved with that next live show that we do right thank you to our partners at title law solicitors who make the show possible please check out titlelaw.co.uk or at title law on twitter dom is at dom Housen. i'm at james marriott the show is at dom and james and you can also find us on facebook and on youtube where we're going to be broadcasting live throughout the season just so Search for Singing the Blues. Now you can find all those links on our website, singingtheblu.es, or in the show notes for this episode. Right, thank you for listening. Up the owls, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>